Hi, this is Steve Nerlick from Cheap Astronomy. Cheapastronomy.com. And this is a mission to Mars. You might have heard Barack Obama talking about a mission to Mars by 2030. This follows George W. Bush's plan for a mission by 2020. And even that was just history repeating itself. As the relevant Wikipedia page says, missions to Mars have been under construction since the 1950s, with each such mission typically planned to launch 10 to 20 years in the future. So really, Obama had just moved the goalposts another 10 years, and whoever comes after him will probably do the same. The Bush plan never really seemed realistic, since NASA did not get any new money, and, perhaps as a consequence, the components of the Constellation project always seemed a bit underdone. It's unlikely that many people in the business are sorry to see plans for the Ares 1 scrapped, and plans for the more realistic Ares 5 have morphed into plans for the SLS, which just stands for the Space Launch System, the first heavy-lifting rocket that will exceed the power of the Saturn V. And to give credit where it's due, plans for the manned Orion spacecraft, essentially a bigger version of the Apollo command module, have since progressed to building a prototype, which might see a launch test as early as 2014. So the Constellation project did make some progress. Anyhow, Obama's planned mission to Mars will just go into Mars orbit in the mid-2030s. As far as a landing goes... Obama just expects to see that happen in his lifetime. In other words, the landing mission might happen 10 to 30 years after an orbital mission that is, at best, planned to launch more than 15 years from now. So, there are no ironclad guarantees here. The real problem is the same problem that has always faced a manned Mars mission. It is freaking dangerous. Even with a genuine long-term political commitment to get the job done, backed by a multi-billion dollar budget, neither of which we have at present, you are still looking at a 90% chance of success. It is not likely that any major government will consider that to be an acceptable risk for a multi-billion dollar project that will have a multi-billion person audience. A three-day mission to the moon was dangerous, but as we showed with Apollo 13, even if something goes catastrophically wrong you are still only three days from a ham sandwich. The Apollo 13 rescue mission took advantage of orbital mechanics to swing the crippled spacecraft around the moon and get back on a quick return trajectory. Although there is also a free return trajectory you can follow if something goes wrong on the way to Mars, you will be more like 300 days from a ham sandwich. With a Mars mission, once the ship is in a solar transfer orbit, Struggling to climb up the Sun's gravity well towards Mars, the Earth will begin to overtake it. Six months after launch, the Earth will be on the other side of the Sun from where it was at launch, while the spacecraft may still be climbing towards the slower-moving Mars. So, if there's the slightest change in trajectory or velocity that can't be corrected, you can forget about ever seeing a ham sandwich again. So, one solution is... Get over it. People die all the time. And even though we will have spent a truckload of money, that money created new technologies, 
and new jobs for lots of engineers and science graduates. It would certainly be a grim business listening back on Earth as the team of astronauts, who will have become international celebrities, die a slow death as the oxygen bleeds away from their spacecraft. But even knowing all these risks, could you still get people lining up to be Mars astronauts? Of course you could. Gathering together a crew of totally dedicated, ridiculously fit, postdoctoral specialist Wunderkind is never going to be the problem. Getting someone to pay for the mission is going to be the problem. So really, if you want to fly to Mars, the first thing you should be aiming for is world peace. This will enable a cartel of prosperous countries to divert their current defense budgets to a Mars mission. But that is just the first thing. If you really do want to return your crew safely to the Earth, you are going to need a radiation shielding solution against the episodic risk of solar flares and the continuous risk of high-energy cosmic rays of a galactic or extragalactic origin. We are yet to fully quantify just how bad these risks might be, but in any case, we have never flown anything that could guarantee the protection of its crew in such a hostile environment. In retrospect, the Apollo astronauts were just darn lucky because the period 1968 to 1972 was a solar maxima period. Apollo 17 flew in December 1972 and recorded a maximum skin-dose radiation exposure of 1.14 rads. In retrospect, it is estimated that the coronal mass ejection that happened in August 1972 would have exposed the astronauts to a skin-dose of 400 rads, enough to induce acute radiation sickness and life-threatening cancer in the longer term, presuming they all survived the acute radiation sickness. You can surround your spacecraft with shielding, but the additional mass loaded onto the spacecraft would bump up your fuel requirements exponentially, which will bump up your mission budget exponentially. Exponentially is one of those words that might not mean a lot until you get the bill, but it doesn't look good on a funding application. The only alternative is some kind of Star Trek electromagnetic shielding that deflects incoming particles without absorbing their momentum energy. This is still pretty much science fiction. But okay, let's assume that we do achieve world peace, we do come up with the money, and with a practical radiation shielding solution and the international cartel of nations who are funding the mission develop a somewhat carefree attitude to astronaut survival. What we could do is to fly the first Mars mission during a solar minima, one of which is due around the mid-2030s. Nonetheless, you still have to deal with the orbital mechanics of launch windows and return windows. So, with current propulsion technologies... Your options for a Mars mission are 1. The 30-month standard mission using the good old fuel-efficient home and transfer orbit. This way means 7 months there, 15 months to stay, and then it's 8 months back home. 2. The 18-month economy class mission. You still do the 7 months out, but you only stay 1 month, and then it's a gruelling 10 months to get home. 3. The Even if you don't die, we don't want you back option. You fly there and you stay there. 
since you don't need to conserve fuel, you could pull out all the stops and reach Mars in just five months. But the real point of this podcast is to suggest there are some fundamental practicalities about a three to five hundred day Mars mission that we haven't really begun to grapple with yet. Progressing from a moon mission to a Mars mission is a bit like deciding that you can climb Mount Everest because you climbed a steep flight of stairs yesterday. Space is disease and danger after darkness and silence. If you want to raise the likely success of a Mars mission from 90% up towards 100%, you will probably need to expand your mission budget by 90%. Those extra dollars will fund all the en-route consumable depots, the Mars orbiting resupply platform, and a robot-maintained base on the surface. Once we realise the level of investment that will be involved in doing just one Mars mission, we may come to realise that doing one Mars mission is just impractical. So in the long term, it won't be about a Mars mission, it will be about a Mars program, with a more sophisticated objective than just putting a boot print on the planet. And even though we seem hopelessly ill-prepared to make this happen in the mid-2030s, it will happen someday. And if you want that day to come sooner rather than later, why not start by achieving something easier, like world peace? Thanks for listening. This is Steve Nellick from Cheap Astronomy, www cheapastro.com Cheap Astronomy offers an educational website reminding you that when your life's at risk send the robot first No ads, no profit just good science Bye